Hi, Ellie. Hi. It's nice to meet you. <laughs> so It's nice, nice to, meet to meet you. you. Oh my Finally. goodness. I'm so excited. I know. It's been a long time coming. I'm so excited for this. Us too. Absolutely. We love your book. We think <laughs> oh. it's so cute. <laughs> oh, thank you. And I also think this is probably an appropriate time to record and put it out there because with the holidays and everything, people are going to be looking for a nice stocking stuffer. You know? <laughs> boy I mean, bands boy- in the holidays go to together like peanut butter and jelly honestly duh <laughs> lizzie i was going to say the exact same thing we are on the same <laughs> page today <laughs> so does that mean you and i go together like peanut butter and jelly ah uh, <laughs> i think so <laughs> so Allie, tell us about yourself tell us about your background let's start there i want to hear it all so I'm Allie Tierney. I'm originally from New Jersey. We actually moved to Austin, Texas, my boyfriend and I, and we lived there for like six years and just moved back to Jersey. So I actually am in my team dream bedroom right now recording this. We moved back to my family home and we're kind of just like making it our own and there's still thumbtack holes in the walls from all of my posters and I'm like that's fine (laughs) it's fine please do not spackle over it before we moved to Texas I was actually on the radio so I had a top 40 morning show which was really fun and kind of like as such a big fangirl like getting to kind of live out stuff that like I never thought was possible was just a dream come true. So I did radio. And then when I moved to Texas, we kind of just went on a whim and didn't have a real plan. So I wound up just being a nanny, which was amazing, like such a great family, but I still was writing a little bit. And yeah, I wrote the book in Texas. And I don't know, it's been crazy. And now we're back in New Jersey. So it's just like a whirlwind. (laughs) Yeah. And in that time, you had a couple kids, right? I had a couple kids. I had two baby boys. So we moved back to New Jersey with two little Texans. Simon is four and a half and the baby is one and a half, Arlo. (laughs) So cute. I love those names too. Thank you. That's like my thing is boy bands and raising boys, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) So do you have a long-term plan to raise a boy band? Is that, is that your Um, scheme? (laughs) I, I, I mean, technically there's usually like five. I am in a boy band. I'm not going to be having five babies. Um, so <laughs> maybe like a duo if that if that's what they want to do. Like I am more than prepared to be a stage mom. <laughs> I mean, they've been to their fair share of concerts already, so I know that they've like got it down. They've got what it takes. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. So they're already. You can kind of tell they're into music and all that. They really are. And they're huge dancers. We've brought them to so many concerts by this point. They just have the routine down. They definitely know. I know it's because like, I just play my music nonstop. But like, they know all the words like we were just literally jamming to the Backstreet Boys in the kitchen. It's just like my favorite thing ever. Simon's favorite song is Doom Bop. Um, (laughs) oh my gosh so like I was so proud when he was like he was almost two and he was in the pantry looking for a snack and he started like singing it and I was like wait a second oh my gosh I've been waiting for this moment my whole life um so yeah it's really fun (laughs) and you talked about taking your kids to concerts do you have any advice for our listeners that are parents on how to bring your kids to a concert 
Um, definitely get little headphones. That would be like my top piece of advice. They will probably leave them on, which is good. You can get them right on Amazon or something after you order my book, B is for boy bands. Um, <laughs> but no, I think that's that really that and just be like prepared to be flexible. Like it won't necessarily be like you experiencing it on your terms like kids are kind of unpredictable especially in a new setting with loud music and a lot of people so you probably won't be making your way to the front row unless you want to like me like I'm like okay I know like at this Hanson show we're gonna hang in the back a little bit like it's fine we've got room to dance and that's exactly what he was doing at his first Hanson show <laughs> love it so yeah I mean if you have to break out your phone so they can play a game, like, hello, that's a little disrespectful, but um, <laughs> it works. I'm, and you can still you can still watch the show and everybody's fine. Everybody's happy. <laughs> I mean, they've all got like 10 kids, so. <laughs> I know, so many. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they're used to juggling music and children. <laughs> totally. totally. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about your favorite boy bands or your boy band journey, rather. Okay. It started when I was about my oldest age, four and a half. I had really cool older cousins and they gave me some new kids on the block hand-me-downs. So I had the Barbies. I had the cassettes. I had the VHS of their concerts and like backstage footage and stuff. I had a sleeping bag that I would give anything to still have that. Um, I think about that often. This is such like a creaky memory, but it's a core memory for me. I slept on the New Kids on the Block sheets. I am four and a half years old, Okay. My pillowcase always had to be flipped to the Joey side up. That was my man. And I remember in the VHS, they did a cover of Just Call My Name and I'll Be There. And I took that very literally. And I was screaming out for Joey McIntyre in the middle of the night, thinking he's just going to appear in my four and a half year old bedroom. Like that is wild but that's a real story <laughs> you can ask my mom um so that's like I my love first that. that's like my very first boy band memory he was my first boy band crush and the rest is history <laughs> <laughs> I love it I loved Joey McIntyre back in the day and by back in the day I mean 1998 yeah. during your solo career <laughs> I'm like, I mean, by back in the day, I mean now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I still love Joey McIntyre. I actually had the pleasure of meeting him, too. He's so nice. We talked about that. I have not. I I hope someday. (laughs) (laughs) Joey, if you're listening, I think you owe Allie a visit. She's been trying to find (laughs) you since she was four and a half. Owe me a visit. Yes. Please show up in my bedroom when I'm calling your name. Yes. Oh, man. I wish that his uh, show at Carnegie Hall wasn't sold out because I would have been like, Allie, am I going to need to come down to New Jersey? (laughs) No, I know. I know. And I told my husband to get tickets. And then the next minute I showed him the post that said, oh, look, it's sold out. Like, that's sold out quick. Good for Joey. I know. So New Kids on the Block, I think that that's what started like four and a half. That's really young. It is really young. So I was like ready to go. I'm like, I think this is my, my thing. (laughs) So of course I loved when NSYNC and Baxter Boys came out and my first boy band concert, like I didn't see Nukas on the block. Like I was still young when they were like really like at the height 
of the craziness. So I I didn't see them in concert until my 20s. So I never got to see them. But my first boy band concert, I actually saw NSYNC by accident, which when I was like thinking about this, and I just I just moved back to my family home and my dad saved all of this stuff that I didn't even know was still around. And I'm so excited. I know we chatted about this a little bit, but tons of ticket stubs and photos and stuff. And it reminded me that I was at the opening ceremonies for the Women's World Cup in 1999. And I remember like all of our parents were tailgating. It was like me and the girls on my soccer team. And we're just hanging out in the parking lot at Giant Stadium. And I I already got a trained boy band ear. I can hear one from... <laughs> miles away and I think <laughs> that I hear Justin Timberlake and I was like wait what and my dad's like oh yeah yeah, yeah. I think NSYNC is performing I said excuse me because at this point I was really like just found out about them like I was all in loved Justin so I could not wait to get into the stadium and sure enough this is before like Instagram you can find out everything instantly so we right, really right. had work hard for the information and to find out like what was going on where were Mm -hmm. they what were their favorite colors (laughs) so yeah totally saw them in like mini concert and they opened with like bewitched that was june 1999 and i was going to see them on like their first major tour in july so it was the best summer of my life (laughs) wow what a summer right i was like going into sixth grade and it was just you know (laughs) in sync every other week no it was great (laughs) I love it I love that so much yeah but I remember like that was my first actual like full boy band concert and like I feel like I want everybody to be able to experience it and it's very hard to explain but I like I was completely locked in for life once the lights went down and like all the anticipation and the adrenaline like I felt like out of my body my heart was pounding so fast and like I just started crying I couldn't explain it and I was like whoa okay boy bands that's my jam like I want to do this a (laughs) thousand more times and I've I have so love it so much. I love that. And it's such a um a universal experience. A lot of people have that and you know you can insert any band really. Music. Yeah, yeah, and so many people have that same experience of the drama and the emotions and kind of like takes over and I'm happy that that happens to me. Like I know not everybody's a crier when they go see a show, but I am (laughs) that girl. Um, Love it. It is funny, though, because like if I meet someone around my age, I'll typically ask them in sync or Backstreet Boys. Like that is something that I will ask. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. No, I think that that's a fair question. Like, so answer (laughs) the question of our generation. (laughs) Yeah, I need to know. Oh, my God. Ellie, I'm assuming in sync or versus Backstreet Boys. I'm assuming I know the answer to this. But like, I've honestly, like, I've been exploring this question a lot. And I do think that I was a Backstreet Girl. Yes. But like, that love grew stronger with age. Is it because they're still around? They're still doing their thing. They're still touring. And they're still obviously more accessible than NSYNC right now. NSYNC as a whole. Because 
Chris Kirkpatrick actually has B is for boy bands, which that's amazing too. Um, that's so but, cool. <laughs> but I do, I, I, I feel like, I don't know what it is. And maybe like, because I got to actually interview the Backstreet Boys when I was on the radio, which that was everything to me. Maybe that is what made me like, be like, no, I am a Backstreet Girl. But there are like, there's levels to this. <laughs> because NSYNC was my first concert on accident but no Backstreet was my first CD and like I, I guess that's that's the answer I am team Backstreet but I love everybody <laughs> <laughs> I love that answer okay good <laughs> I am team Backstreet too I don't know what I it is out, just like you're like cheering <laughs> Well, because everyone on this podcast and everyone we've interviewed is always like team in sync. And I'm like, no, I need an ally over here. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it is about them. I'm so intrigued to see my Spotify wrapped this year because ever since starting this podcast, my boy band listening has just gone through the roof. Usually that top spot is owned by Miss Taylor Allison Swift. And I think she'll still be my top artist. But like, I think, you know, Backstreet Boys really made a comeback for me. One Direction made a huge comeback for me. Harry Styles. Like, I'm so intrigued to see like my year end wrap up because I'm like, gosh, you guys came out of nowhere. Anna and I and Cece, we saw the Backstreet Boys over the summer. And for all of us, this is like, for all of us, right, Anna? It was all of our first times. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was the first time we all saw Backstreet Boys. Wow. And like, yeah. I thought maybe it wouldn't be as special as when I was like maybe in elementary, middle school. But like, I feel like I somehow appreciated it more, like knowing that all these years later I'm still showing up and still like wanting to choose this and be there. And exactly. like, I you know, you. I think last time I couldn't go cause it was a school night and now I'm like, it's still a school night, but I make the rules now. Yes. I love that. <laughs> and when they showed up in their all white outfits for a segment, I was like, I need to sit down. I'm not okay. <laughs> I'm like my millennium moment is here. It doesn't take much, like a few uh, white outfits, like if they're linen, even better. But like, <laughs> it doesn't take much. <laughs> yeah, and I remember at that show they they talked about how you know they had really gotten to like grow up with their fans. They're like, we have families of our own. So many of you guys have families of your own, and what a cool experience it is. And they were like. Some of you have your kids at the show tonight. This is just so wild. Yeah. Um, like you just keep showing up like in all of these different seasons of your life. It's like a very cool thing to like be consistent with something that you love so much. Obviously, I don't love playing soccer as much as I did. That was my world when I was younger. But this like this carried through the years and it's not stopping anytime soon. <laughs> and you... You definitely focus on different things too. And you have a better appreciation for like the artistry of it all and like performing on that grand of a scale and the, the whole thing, like on yeah. the tarto aspect. Okay. They're yeah. in good shape still. So right. mm-hmm. it's like these, <laughs> these guys are like, you know, in between eight and I don't know, 16 years older than I am. And they are still, you know, working it on stage. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, good for them. <laughs> oh, it's so fun. Yeah, it is. And that's, I, I love that you like take your kids and have that experience to, for them to have that experience so young. And I love that you make it just like a family affair. I love it. 
Oh, and my husband, he knew, he knew who I was and he still chose to marry me. Like um, <laughs> I love it. our first dance at our wedding was no place by the Backstreet Boys. Like he, he literally is all in, which hello, he's the true heartthrob all along. But um, <laughs> I, I love that you've met your husband who is so supportive of everything. I think that's, that's every fangirl's dream <laughs> is to meet a partner yeah, that is marrying into the boy band right yes that <laughs> i was gonna too. say plan a marry the boy band if you can't do that marry a fan <laughs> he like no questions asked he's been to new kids on the block before we had kids he's like okay i'll do this but he always has like so much fun and like it was like okay yeah of course we're bringing the kids to hansen like let's 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 go and it's just like it's just been like our, our natural thing and the kids they love the music which I'm super excited about because I'm I've always been a huge lover of music and they just they will stop whatever they're doing and just get down and get funky so on our show we talk a lot about the social stigma that primarily a lot of women get for liking a boy band did you mm-hmm. ever feel that at any part of your life I feel like in middle school, that's when I was like in dream street world. That was all I cared about. And people knew that like, that was my thing. I I would get like a lot of, oh, stalker, groupie. I'm like, yeah, I wish, but um, (laughs) just like stuff (laughs) like that. But for some reason, like, I just feel like I owned it from the beginning. And I would like in my head be like, jealous, but I don't like, I I was happy to do that. I I felt like it was like something different, something cool to be at different shows over the weekend or something. And like, I'm sure my parents loved it. I wasn't like getting in any trouble. I wasn't chasing real boys. So I mean, (laughs) I think my family was happy about it. And I really just, I didn't feel like upset if anybody had something to say about it. But I was just like, yeah, boy bands, but it's my whole personality. So (laughs) I'm gonna own it. I love it. I love it. Let's talk about Dream Street because you mentioned Dream Street. How did you get into them? It all started on a sick day. Um, <laughs> I was homesick <laughs> from school and they were on the Maury show. So <laughs> it was like talented kids. And obviously I stopped in my tracks when I see a boy band in their maroon zip up hoodies doing it happens every time. I was like, oh my gosh, I suddenly feel so much better. And then I was like, okay, I need to go to my grandmother's house and get on her computer and look these guys up. And like I, the website, come on, there was like nothing thing on it um (laughs) but like I was completely locked in they were from New York so I'm like oh so they're like local and that's that's how I found them and I was immediately obsessed it really was an obsession like it got a little out of hand but (laughs) what was it about them that you liked I feel like maybe it was because I felt closer in age to them yes And closer geographically because they were around a lot. Like there was a lot of opportunities to see them. I didn't know that when I first saw them on Maury. I didn't even know that they had shows (laughs) Um, or if they were just like, hey, like a little talent show. But um, luckily they did. They played lots of malls on the East Coast. Maybe I just felt like 
they were more obtainable for me. <laughs> like I That's really a good point. or something. But yeah, like Nick and Justin, they were like my crushes, but they felt a little mature for me still. <laughs> but mm. these guys, they're like our age or like a year or two older. I specifically remember the marketing for Dream Street because in every single interview, they would say and reiterate they yeah. were actually teenagers. They <laughs> so. were boys. Yes. 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 Yeah. Uh, and Greg will still say, like, we were an actual like boy band. Like we were right. we were young. Um, so I, I do think that that kind of like drew me in and I was like, oh, I totally got a shot. <laughs> Wait till <laughs> I get to the Phillipsburg Mall. <laughs> well, yeah, but like to your point, they were very accessible. They were kind of doing what, you know, a lot of these pop groups were doing in the in the late to mid mid to late 90s where they were performing in malls and they yeah. got so big and so now dream street which is kind of another i don't want to say generation because it was all kind of in the same time but they were just getting their start and doing mall shows yeah so they were accessible in, in like the height of this bubblegum pop era yeah so yeah i i hadn't i never thought of that but that's a really good point you could totally run into them in the food court like <laughs> Yeah. So like, what was the dynamic of the group? I feel like there wasn't really like the one main guy, but I do feel like maybe Chris was like the heartthrob and Greg was the bad boy. Jesse was the cute one. That's the shy one. And I guess Frankie is probably like the big brother type. I would say that that would be my vote of how that kind of went, but they didn't have like it wasn't like a standout thing for them across the board. So I loved that they each had their own like breakaway songs. I feel like they all really worked together. And what was really kind of different and cool about them is they each have their own song on the album. So every performance they had their own, it was the solo. Obviously the guys were backing them up, but it was like their time to shine. They had their own like shit or whatever. Greg would take his shirt off. He would bring somebody up on stage, which he actually, that's how he met his wife. She was the girl. That's all of our dreams. Oh my God. Um, yeah. Every that's fan, like fan dream. Fic, I, that's like a fanfic come to life. Oh my gosh. <laughs> as far as like Greg goes, Greg is lovely. Um, he actually has a copy of my book. I sent it to him, which obviously like that's I was like, yeah, that's so oh cool. God. But he is amazing. And I feel like I probably saw him the most throughout his solo career, like probably even more than Jesse shows. So, you know, maybe I like him like a brother, <laughs> but he's wonderful. Oh. Um. So Greg would do his thing. Chris always had roses that he would hand out when he would sing his solo, which was just want someone to hold me tonight. So, it, I mean, I think that that made their concerts different and like a little more interactive. And if you had your favorite, that was such a key point in the show. And like, you just felt like you were connecting with just them. I feel like even with them, like, obviously it's not Lou Perlman, you know, but it was two guys, their managers, and then there was like the songwriter producer. So it was always the squad and their choreographer, but they were like always with them. But the story was that they were like giving them alcohol and access to girls. And I, I'm sure that's, that happens when you're in a boy band, probably. Yeah. But the, the parents obviously were like, 
no, like, let's stop this. And they were butting heads with their actual team. And then it just like it crumbled because obviously not everybody was on the same page. Yeah. On Wikipedia, they actually said that there was going to be a Dream Street documentary that's being worked on. So I'd be so curious to watch that. Stop it. I'll throw up. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I hope I hope I hope so too. I think I think after Chris's passing, there's just a renewed interest in the story of the band. So yeah, yeah, that would be really exciting for them too. So more people, because that's another thing. People like Dream Street. Who's Dream Street? Like everybody knows Insane, but I'm like, haha, jokes on you because I have more of a chance with them because you don't know about them. (laughs) (laughs) And that was definitely my reasoning. Like I'm just being transparent. You know, you kind of see how One Direction handled the solo careers after they went on hiatus, quote unquote. Um, (laughs) A hiatus is a hiatus. It's not permanent until they say it is. (laughs) Exactly. But I I guess I never really realized the story of Dream Street and how they really set, could have set potentially all of them up for success solo wise. But I do remember it being surprising to people when Jesse McCartney started his solo career. I wasn't surprised. And he's great. Obviously, Beautiful Soul is iconic. Yes. I remember when I had, I actually had, maybe it's around here somewhere, the promotional EP with Beautiful Soul, which is, it sounds totally different. So I'm really upset that I can't find it. Um, And seeing him on the beach performing before he really like went full throttle solo so i mean obviously he's still doing his thing i can't believe they all went to his show in new york over the spring which that just makes me happy because even after they were done like it it didn't feel like he was interested in like keeping a relationship the other guys still talked and jesse was just kind of on again no shade but um that's just (laughs) how i see it (laughs) yeah well maybe it was because of Chris's death, unfortunately, like when they reunited, yeah, yeah, yeah. So unfortunately, that's the reason why they connected again. But it is yeah. good to see that. So, who was your favorite member of Dream Street? Chris. I don't. I don't know if it was the hair or like if he was supposed to be the heartthrob, but yeah. it, whatever yeah. it was, it was working for me. He was like the best dancer, and just immediately, like from the Maury show, I'm like, that's the one. He's the one, and he just honestly, just on stage and in meet and greets, whatever. He was just such a pleasure, and like he really made you feel like you were the only one he was talking. So obviously that drew me in even more because I really thought I had shot. Um, but <laughs> you know, yeah. So he was definitely my favorite. May he rest in peace. We miss him. Oh my gosh. And- when I was honestly, when I was reading the notes for this episode, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna cry. Like we wound up staying in touch and like we would talk, like he knew about the kids and we would check in from time to time. And I remember when I found out that he passed away and I was it took a couple days to like recover like it I mean obviously it's heartbreaking so young to lose somebody but for me it was like he was such a huge part of me growing up and like kind of just like becoming who I like I spent so so many days where like that he was the only thing on my mind so before I actually got to know him like on a non 
groupie or whatever they would call me level from just a fan and a friend. It, it was totally different and it just broke my heart. And yeah, I'm, I'm so grateful that I have all the memories that I do because that's really special. Yeah, absolutely. And you're so lucky to kind of know him on a different level than I think a lot of other fans did. So yeah. And like, that's still, I'm like, how did I get here? Like, obviously things didn't work out or not together, but it's so super amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I took a look at some of their videos and performances and stuff, you know, for research. And (laughs) I mean, Chris's dancing stands out to me. Like he he kind of reminds me of JC Chazé. Like you look back at these old videos and you're like, wow, he's on a completely different level than all of the other members of that band. And it's just, it's just so sad that he died so young. I know Um, he was really like still doing his thing, still filming dance videos and recording. And he was on um, the voice. Did you know that? I did. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Episode broke my heart too, but like he, he really was such a talent. And yeah, I was on his Spotify (laughs) the other day, just like listening to his stuff, but yeah, I totally miss him so much. Yeah. And I mean, it's just, it's such a shame because I did see a couple of interviews with Chris that were a little bit more recent and he was talking about how his solo career didn't pan out and it's just, It, it's such a shame too because there was you know it seemed like there was politics at the label honestly it reminded me a lot of Justin Timberlake and JC Chazay where the label seemed to favor one over the other yeah um, and it, it it really is such a shame that he didn't have a bigger solo career like Jesse did yeah and that's gotta be so tough because you guys were in an experience that is a lot of people don't have a clue about like you five were in this together and like only you can share that experience and then when you see somebody doing like really well and you're like oh no like why is it not the same for all of us like that has to be so tough yeah for sure all right so let's talk about your book Allie let's do it <laughs> so what was the inspiration for the book Uh, The inspiration was just everything we've talked about up until this point, like just seriously being such a huge part of my life and my personality is boy bands. Like it's something that it didn't go away when I turned a certain age. Like I'm still very much riding that wave. I've always loved writing. I remember one day I was like, I just want to be a mom and write children's books. And I kind of achieved that, which is very exciting. And when you add a children's book about boy bands, it's like, wait a second, like it is just coming like full circle. And when I sat down with the idea, I am kind of like chaotic. I don't have like an organized process or anything like it's just wild. So when we moved to Austin, I was definitely struggling with like finding myself again, because I went from being on morning radio and I was talking to so many people before 10 a.m. And then I moved to Austin. We didn't have family there. We didn't have friends there. I was working with kids. So I, I was really struggling and trying to find like, okay, what are the things that I love? What can I do to like kind of bring her back? And obviously I love boy bands. And I was like, let's just try and write. 
whether it was my blogs or I would write a celebrity poem every morning for the show, like I would just get hit with something and I would sporadically like put it in notes. And then I would kind of just randomly sit down when I got a chance and put them all together. And that's kind of what happened with the book as well. I remember my husband was working, he worked at a music venue in Austin, which was very nice. Um, <laughs> but I just sat at the table and I wrote start to finish, went through the alphabet, boom, done. But that was almost six years ago. So the book only came out in June. All of that time, I was like, all right, well, I don't know what I'm going to do with it. It's it's done. Like I wrote it one, two, three, but it just sat for a very long time. Or I had kids and then like I checked off the mama part of my dream. And then I was like, oh, my book, my book, my book. And I, I didn't really know how to go about it. I would like look into self-publishing, but I really was engulfed in just like being a new mama in a city that was still new and not having like family and friends or other outlets. So still struggling with trying to find me. And then it was this spring, somebody who I was an acquaintance with, she actually just posted something about like, "Uh, have you ever wanted to write a book? And I'm like, all right, it's just like, I clicked it. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to do a discovery call. And then it just fit. So she's hybrid publisher. So it wasn't like the self-publishing part to me, I was just scared and I didn't I don't feel like I had the time to like really dive in and do it right. So she just did all of the things that I wasn't sure that I could handle. She was like, wait, you have the book done already? I'm like, yes. And I have the illustrations. And she's like, wait a second, really? And I'm like, yeah, I just needed some, like I needed, I needed this breakthrough. So it was almost like, okay, like here it is. And then we're publishing in June. So it was very fast after years. Wow. I love the the angle of it though because it's a it's a children's book about boy bands and I love that take because especially you know people our age starting to have kids and they still may be into a band and how do you explain that to your children I think that that's such an interesting story to tell it's a way to like share one of your loves your passions or like mommy used to be cool so let me like read you a little bit (laughs) that (laughs) the old me it's a way to really like share something like cds i simon doesn't know what a cd is just stuff like that yeah you just introduce them to a piece of your world that they might not have known existed that's really interesting so let's talk about the artwork okay first of all i i love how inclusive all of the images are how did you find that artist because the artist did an amazing job with all of this Elsie is my queen and we actually just we we met on twitter and i don't know who reached out to who first so i feel like her and her best friend christina they're like a package deal and they had a little seriously like fangirl dream brand so they had like water bottles and t-shirts and stuff and we just found each other's accounts on twitter because we're tweeting about the same stuff and just connected over boy bands so it was like wait a second there's somebody else like me like you're 25 year old woman who's still very into one direction and owning every second so it was like wait a minute so they're in Canada. We have never met in real life. It's going to happen. And now between the three of us, we actually have five boys. Um, so there's potential. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, like we've just stayed in touch. Like she's done artwork for me before. Like she's just always, I loved her style. I was so talented. And when I was ready to really complete this project, I was like, there is nobody else that I want to do this with. So let's do it. Let's have a boy band book baby. And (laughs) I love it. So as a parent, what is one takeaway from the book that you want other parents to know? That you don't have to forget the old you when you become a parent. Like, I feel like it could be very easy to kind of lose yourself and just, I'm only mama. And that is something that I personally struggled with. So when I finally got to write the book and was really like moving forward with it, I've started to like get me back. So if there's anything that this book can do besides just be like cute and entertaining and be like, oh my gosh, that's so funny. Like I remember when I made posters for our concerts, I just want, even if it's just one mama, hey, she's still in there. And like, whatever you have to do, just let her out and you can share her, you could share like your old passions and all of your favorite things with the next generation. And it's so fun because they might connect. Like my kids love, they they listen, they don't know that it's old, <laughs> but they <laughs> love all of the greats, you know what I mean? So I think that it's really special to share. It's more than just music. It's like the friendships that I've made along the way. And just like I said, it's just something inside you. It's amazing. You don't have to say goodbye to the old you when you become a mom. There's ways to celebrate her and there's ways to share whoever's inside. (laughs) I love that. That's so beautiful. I think that there is something to children seeing their parents being passionate about something and it encourages them to express themselves and be who they are and without any sort of judgment. I love that. So like, obviously it's, it's a kid's book because it's the alphabet, but it's really for anybody, a fan of music, fan of boy bands, like how fun if I got this book at my baby shower, like, hello, that's like greatest gift. And I didn't even have to register for it. So (laughs) yeah, it's for everyone, but especially, you know, us fangirls. (laughs) So often like boy band fans are girls so I love that you're raising your sons to be boy band fans too and like you're sharing that love with them it's just like oh yeah we're at another show who's this time and oh my gosh did you guys did you guys watch turning red so So turning red was an inspiration for our podcast actually oh I love that yeah um but when I saw that it was just a new movie on Disney Plus, so when we watched it, then I was like, oh, wait a second. I'm going to sit down and actually watch this one. Um, so Four Town, obviously, like, that's like yeah. quintessential boy band. I was so excited to see that. And they loved the movie. And then we took them to see, for Mother's Day, my husband got tickets to see um, the Pop 2000 tour. So it was O-Town and Christopher Patrick and... Brian Cabrera, LFO, and I made the boys shirts that said, I thought my mom said four town. <laughs> town. And it's 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 really fun. Like I have pictures and stuff. Like I'm just holding the baby and he's just, like just another normal night. Like <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if one of your kids are gonna write a book, my mom, the fangirl. <laughs> my mom forced me to go. <laughs> My poor dad. Like, I don't know. (laughs) Only time will tell. (laughs) Yeah. 
Well, in 20 years, we'll be interviewing him, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, imagine. But only if he wants to. I'm not going to push him to do anything he doesn't want to. <laughs> I loved looking through this book and reading it. And I think, like you said, it's such a cute little baby shower gift, especially just like a great way, to, like you were saying, remember who you are outside of your your mom hat, you know? Yeah. Um, and I just, I think it's so cute. And this boy band hat just has like puffy paint and glitter on it. So, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I love it. Well, Allie, where can our listeners find you on social media and where can they buy your book? You can follow me on Instagram. I have an account. I'm actually like just having so much fun. Just it's just boy bands all the time and creating reels and content. So even that is making me feel like, wow, like she's still in there. Like I feel like me doing this stuff. So you can follow me on Instagram. It's B is for boy bands and the book is on Amazon. I have all the links on Instagram. So yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, this was so fun. Thank you so much, Allie. And yeah, get your book for baby showers, Christmas holiday stockings, whatever you feel is appropriate to buy a boy band children's book. <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited. I feel like we need to hang out. Let's go to a show. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to This Must Be Pop. Add us on Instagram for more content and to be the first to find out which band will be featured in the next episode at This Must Be Pop Pod. That's This Must Be P-O-P-P-O-D on Instagram. Got a question or suggestion? Email us at This Must Be Pop Podcast at gmail.com.